I'm Cindy Lauper. My psoriasis was all over, even on my scalp, which may mean four times the risk for psoriatic arthritis. But Cosentix works on both. Cosentix secukinumab is prescribed for adults with moderate to severe plaque psoriasis 300 milligram dose and adults with active psoriatic arthritis 150 milligram dose. Don't use if you're allergic to Cosentix. Before starting, get checked for TB. Serious allergic reactions, severe skin reactions that look like eczema, and an increased risk of infections, some fatal, have occurred. Cosentix may lower ability to fight infections, so tell your doctor if you have an infection or symptoms like fevers, sweats, chills, muscle aches, or cough, had a vaccine or plan to, or if IBD symptoms develop or worsen. Learn more at Cosentix.com or one 844 Cosentix. Ask your doctor about Cosentix. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Walmart Plus members save on meeting up with friends. Save on having them over for dinner with free delivery with no hidden fees or markups. That's groceries plus napkins plus that vegetable chopper to make things a bit easier. Plus, members save on gas to go meet them in their neck of the woods. Plus, when you're ready for the ultimate sign of friendship, start a show together with your included Paramount Plus subscription. Walmart Plus members save on this plus so much more. Start a 30-day free trial at walmartplus.com. Paramount Plus, a central plan only. Separate registration required. See Walmart Plus terms and conditions. This is Sandy Clough and Chandro Tar on Mile High Sports. At last, the long wait is over. After 47 years, the Denver Nuggets can finally call themselves NBA champions. Wednesday. Thursday. No. <laughs> I need to go home. You know that I, I told that uh, I don't want to stay on parade, but uh, you want to stay on parade. This is the bad That's supposed to be a joke, and you didn't laugh. <laughs> Make way for the king. No, not that other one, the guy that got swept out of the last playoffs. The one that actually runs the show in the NBA. That would be Nikola Jokic, sound there by ESPN. Sandy and Sean, Sandy Clough on my left, I'm Sean Drotar. The Nuggets get underway for their title defense. Boy, that feels still a little bit odd to say. But they do get that underway as they tip off the NBA season tonight. Uh, Tip-off will be in about 90 minutes, 5.30 p.m. TNT television. If you're not going to be at the game, and uh, I don't blame you because the stadium only holds about 18,000, and it's pretty um, in demand for tonight. But the Nuggets will take on the Lakers. They will they will uh, watch the banner raised to the top of the ball center raft, or ball arena rafters where uh, um, other teams in the building have them. The Nuggets get to raise their first. Absolutely, and it was... A glorious playoff run some 134 days ago, and now they try to run it back again, and we'll get into this more later on. I looked at each of the last 10 NBA champions, including the Nuggets, whose fate this year is yet to be determined. The 10 champions prior to the Nuggets winning Mm -hmm. last year. And it's uh, very interesting how they started for the first 27 games. And I think the first 27 games, basically one-third of the season. Because that's a question, right? Is there a a hangover? And and you see if there's any real sign physically, psychologically, of a hangover effect, uh, injuries that may linger, uh, having the shortest offseason. Of, of any team, because mm-hmm. only four teams open tonight, including the Nuggets and Lakers. Yeah. Phoenix, Golden Phoenix State, Suns, go Golden State right. Warriors. All Western teams. Uh, all teams eliminated, two of the three Directly. by the Nuggets, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, all, all three teams eliminated, uh, two by the Nuggets. And so uh, the Nuggets, uh, with a one-day edge, 
have uh, had the shortest off season. Uh, they had two regulars uh, in Michael Porter and Christian Brown, two of their presumed top six, yeah. sit out the preseason entirely. Porter with an ankle injury, Brown with a calf injury. Both should be in the lineup tonight Correct. and or part of the rotation as the Nuggets open against the Lakers. And uh, there's been a fair share of uh, verbal sparring uh, during the course of the offseason, most of it on social media, which to me is irrelevant, but to a lot of people who live on social media, all this stuff is interesting and maybe even indicative of what we're likely to see tonight. But sparring requires two partners. The Nuggets, by and large, have let all that slide. Well, seemingly, uh, there have been a few things said, uh, even by an ex-Nugget named Bruce Brown. Yeah, that that's true. Might be taken as a shot. Um, I thought the Bruce Brown comment maybe was the most inflammatory when he said basically the old man ran out of gas in the second half of game four, which uh, having watched game four along with you mm-hmm. uh, last year, I, I would uh, I would question. Uh, <laughs> I thought he had plenty of energy in the second half. He had an amazing first half in which he scored 30 points in, in game four. Um, that's what I think makes tonight's game a little bit, a little bit juicy. Of course, Brown doesn't play for the Nuggets. I agree with you. No one playing for or coaching the Nuggets has said anything no. inflammatory. Michael Malone was introduced right. at that wasn't, the parade wasn't him. as the Lakers daddy. He didn't call himself no. the Lakers daddy. No. Uh, maybe LeBron didn't quite understand that part of it. But I went back today and looked at those four games last year. And we talked about it at the time, but I needed a refresher. Uh, the Lakers, in three of the four games, were within five points in the last five minutes. And in the one game, game three, that was a double-digit win for the Nuggets, 119-108, to 108, the Lakers were actually leading that game with under seven and a half minutes to go in the game, even though the Nuggets spurted at the end and, and won by 11. So the Lakers are saying, yes, we lost four straight, but in the fourth quarter, in every game, we either had the lead or were making a big push to make it close. And the difference was the Nuggets made the clutch plays, and the Lakers did not. Yeah, and the Lakers have, I think in the estimation of most people, their three best players back. Again, and those three players would be, of course, LeBron, LeBron James, Anthony Davis, Anthony Davis and, Austin and Austin Reeves, Reeves yep. probably the third best I player, agree. right? They're totally all agree. back, and they made some additions. I am not as high on the Lakers as some people are, and I think... To a large extent, the Nuggets do have their number. And I mean by that a psychological advantage on the Lakers because I think it really bugged the Lakers in general and LeBron in particular that LeBron's time typically in games, what Magic Johnson used to call winning time, Mm -hmm. he and they... Got beat four straight times. Not three out of four. Yeah. Wasn't a split. Four times out of four. Murray, Jokic, and company, or Jokic, Murray, and company, were better than the Lakers in those final five minutes. And uh, one of the uh, previews of the NBA season included Uh, this note that during the course of the series in games one, two, and four in those final five minutes, 
the Lakers averaged 68.4 points per 100 possessions, which is unimaginably bad. (laughs) Unimaginably bad. It is. And the stretches basically extended over the course of 11 minutes. The Nuggets outscored the Lakers in those 11 minutes, 28 to 13. And basically loaded up in the paint and said to LeBron and Davis, maybe not so much to Austin Reed, but LeBron, Davis, and everybody else, you beat us with perimeter shooting. And they couldn't do it. At least not in the clutch they couldn't. Remember game one, LeBron had a three to tie the game Mm -hmm. with 45 seconds remaining and missed it. And that, to me, was the series right there because the Nuggets had led 101 to 81 with just over two minutes to go in a third quarter. The Lakers went on a 45-28 push to get within three, and that was the one chance they had in the entire series to shoot for a tie in the final minute. And LeBron missed the shot, and the Lakers went on to lose and, in fact, blow an 11-point lead in the third quarter of Game 2. Game 3 we talked about. And Game 4, the Lakers are up 15 at the half, 75-60. to 60, And the Nuggets came back to win 113-111 in a game that was tied with 113 remaining. And Nikola Jokic made a layup to put the Nuggets ahead, and the Lakers did not score in roughly the last a minute and a half of their season, but turned out to be the last minute and a half of their season. Most of the these Lakers returned, at least most of the significant minutes. Remember, uh, Rui Hachimura was added at the trade deadline. He returns. There have been a, a, few, right. a few additions, uh, notably Christian Wood has been added. I think that's good a, a, a good addition there. Uh, they added Cam Reddish as well. So the, there's a, a little more additions here and there, as well as uh, Gabe Vincent, who good shooter. you may remember from the finals right. series. Uh, against Miami. So I think the Lakers are better, but uh, the the challenge they run into is they have a lot of guys that are uh, good, good, but uh, have sort of a, a single talent. And last year, Anthony Davis played 56 games and LeBron James played 55. Well, both of these guys are older. The presumption is probably they're not going to play a lot more than that. And remember, even with all of that, the Lakers barely got out of the play-in. The Timberwolves had a collapse yes, to let the Lakers bounce over them where they would have put the Lakers away. They wouldn't have even made the playoffs. That's right. And so I'm not discounting them, but in Vegas, as Caesar Sportsbook released its odds, the Celtics are the favorites at plus 380, the Bucs uh, plus 400, uh, in part because the East is less deep than the West, so any of the teams coming out of the, the East a little easier. The Nuggets with a highly appropriate plus 420, put whatever you'd like on that. The Nuggets at plus 600, the Warriors plus 850, and then the Lakers all the way down at plus 1100. So even the folks in Vegas don't feel that bullish about the Lakers. Yeah, I I look at the Lakers as a team, certainly if they could get 65 to 70 games each out of Davis and LeBron, they could be a top four team. I don't think that'll happen. I'm not sure they'll both play 60. Remember, Nikola Jokic only played 69. Joel Embiid, 66. Uh, you're you're not getting the 70 games that's uh, right. type performances that, that's right. from, from players anymore. And even anymore. with the, the new rules on load management, guys are going to sit out. And, uh, and they will. Five, ten games at least. Out, out of the, the really good that. players in the league that played 70-plus, and I like to look at the player efficiency rating uh, as just kind of a catch-all. It's it's an, an older metric, but a really good one that gives you everything. By the way, Nikola Jokic tops in the league at that. Anthony Davis was fifth. LeBron James was 13th. But guys that had played 70-plus, uh, Jason Tatum, DeMontis Sabonis, uh, Trey yeah. Young, De'Aaron Fox, and out of the top 25 players in the league in, in player efficiency rating, that was it. Yeah. Nobody else played more than 70. So when, when you have to lean on those big guys, which I think is also sort of helping the teams that aren't all in on, let's do the old super team route. And that's where I'm still fascinated by the Suns in this case, because they have gone with four top tier guys who are all, mind you, injury prone. 
I guess down to three. They they moved on. You're right. They moved on from DeAndre Ayton. So three. <laughs> you're talking about uh, yeah. And I don't know that I put Aiden. Booker Booker Beal and Durant, and, it, and then in a category with the other three. Yeah, you have Booker anyway. Beal and Durant and, and a bunch of guys, yeah. and right. and maybe that will work. But all three of those guys have serious injury concerns. In, in the Nuggets case, you, you do worry a little bit with the hangovers that you were talking about. But you know, we go back to these starts that teams had uh, after they win the title. The idea that there's a hangover, it's it's a kind of in the eye of the beholder thing. If the Nuggets were to lose tonight to the Lakers, after you know the 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 short off season, after the Lakers have spent all summer seething about this, after the Nuggets got you know some satisfaction getting the the, the banner hung up and and rings and all the stuff that you get when you have that home opener as the champs, uh, it wouldn't shock me if they came out a little flat today. Porter Jr. and Brown haven't played really in the preseason. Right. It wouldn't shock me if they were flat and even lost tonight. Would I care? No. Does that look? Would that be attributed to a hangover in certain circles? I guess. But I, I just think that this team is well built. My concerns about it aren't necessarily have, they have anything to do. Uh, with the not only the starting five, but the starting six. Because I think when you're talking about Christian Brown, uh, do I expect him to be as, as good and as well-rounded as Bruce Brown was this year? No, I don't. But I don't think the drop-off is going to be immense. And let's face it, uh, Bruce Brown didn't plop fully formed into the Nuggets as that guy at the beginning of last year either. I mentioned the last 10 NBA champions. Yeah. Five of the 10 return the next year to the NBA Finals. Wow. Okay. That's pretty but good. But here's the kicker. The last team to do it was Golden State, which won in 18 and then went back and lost to Toronto the next year. Toronto couldn't get back to the NBA Finals. The Lakers couldn't get back to the NBA Finals. In fact, they lost in the first round to Phoenix in six games the following year. Milwaukee lost in the conference semifinals the year after winning the title. And, of course, Golden State lost in the Western Conference semifinals to the aforementioned Lakers last year, four games to two. So in the last four years, no champion has gone back to the NBA Finals. It is, I believe, getting increasingly hard to do. And that is... At least recent example, history bears listen, that out. Yeah, Golden State has uh, won four of these championships in the last 10 years prior to the Nuggets winning last year. And they won titles three years out of four. And the fourth year, they won a record number of games right. during the regular season, started 26-1, and one, and stumbled in the NBA Finals because Draymond Green got himself suspended when they were up Three games to one, they ended up blowing the series to Cleveland and giving LeBron James a Cleveland championship that he so badly wanted. But it's hard to stay there at the top. And I do agree with the idea, and I think there is a drop-off that may not show up as much in the regular season or as much in the Western Conference, which I believe is more tightly bunched than the East. I think in the East you have Milwaukee and Boston, and then look out below. Yeah, uh, there's a. Huge that includes gap. Philadelphia in there, which is dealing with the mess with James Harden yes. and everything else. Right. Philadelphia is not, to me, a championship contender. Cleveland is not. The Knicks are not. But in the West, it's tightly bunched. Remember, the Nuggets only won 53 games last year and right. were the number one seed. I think it's going to be a little like that this year. I think there are one or two teams in the East that could win 55 to 60. I'm not sure anybody in the West will win 55, including the Nuggets. But the Western Conference winner in 15 of the last 23 years has gone on to win the NBA. Yeah. Uh, now, maybe it's flipping this year where at least at the top, most of the better teams are in the East, but I still think there's that gap, Milwaukee and Boston, and then a big drop off. That usually means the road is easier, and the road you can rest might guys more. might be yes. easier. But you know what happened last year? Upsets in the East, sure. and the number one 
well, I mean, seed, number two seed, did not did not make it. And Miami, I believe a seven seed, if I'm not yep. mistaken, made the finals. I don't think you'll see a seven seed making the finals out of the Unless Western Miami Conference. Again, because I just don't bet against Jimmy it, Butler well, in the playoffs. No, no, no. But uh, <laughs> either Miami. I won that the second the playoffs either, even started either, last either year. Either Miami won't finish seventh. Right. They'll finish yeah, higher. Better than that. Or whether they finish higher or lower in the same place, they won't make the NBA yeah. Finals again. And I, I find it hard to imagine. If they had gotten Lillard, I'd think about it. Mm-hmm. But they didn't get Lillard. Right. Milwaukee got Lillard. And Milwaukee also just signed Giannis, as we've talked yep. about, to this huge new contract. And I, I don't put any stock in preseason basketball, but they did play together a fair amount in the preseason, and they looked overwhelming. Well, they're, they're, vet- they're veteran guys. And they got veteran guys around yeah, them. They're too. veterans. They, they have uh, – I, I don't expect it to take long for that to Lopez, work Lopez, Middleton, guys like that. And you talk about those regular seasons. I mean, the recent history, the, the, the Warriors had that great year. They didn't get it done. Uh, last year in hockey, Boston Bruins, best all-time yes. regular season. Get bounced in the wins. first round. Yes. Uh, we watched the Patriots not all that long ago. Have an undefeated season to go in and lose the Super Bowl. Right. Uh, right. It's important to think for the Nuggets, and I'm not throwing cold water on it because I think they are capable of repeating. But let's not get ahead of ourselves, folks. This team has been around since 1968. Now, I know that sometimes the NBA will say, in their NBA history, and they count it towards the 70s. But this team's been around since 68. It's won a title. If they don't win it this year... It doesn't mean it's a bad year, okay? Sometimes you got to enjoy the ride a little bit, too. No less an authority than Calvin Booth, the Nuggets general manager, said, I'm not looking at repeating as much as I'm looking at winning multiple championships over four years, six years, eight years. There are reasons to believe. That's where he's... Yeah, looking, and I think in the modern rules, that's the right way to approach it. This team continues that's to the build right way. Team. Don't worry about winning X amount in a row. Win about right. this window of talent. Right. See if you can win a couple. Kind of what the Colorado Avalanche are trying to do. We'll exactly. talk more about them exactly. a little bit later. There are reasons to believe the Nuggets can do it. There are also reasons to believe the Nuggets can't. Want your input on that as well? Caller text is three zero three eight three one thirteen forty. We'll talk more about it as the Nuggets get ready to tip off the twenty twenty three twenty twenty four season in a little over an hour. Right here on My Life Sports. You brought me fame and fortune and everything that goes with it. I thank you all, but it's been no bed of roses. Sandy Cuff and Chantrotar, presented by Superbook Sports. Download the Superbook app and start winning today at Superbook.com. Here's Sean and Sandy. Over at ESPN, the ESPN staff had their sort of surveys of how they thought people would go in the playoffs. Obviously, you haven't played a game in the NBA. It's projections. But out of the uh, ESPN writers, they had six votes for the Nuggets to come out of the West, three for the Warriors, one for the Clippers, one for the Lakers, one for the Suns. Uh, I'm, I'm heartened to see that for the Suns because I think that's, already been sort of overhyped we'll find out uh but I, the, the nuggets seem to be the clear favorites more than double or at least double the votes of anybody else and that's the warriors but when asked about who would win the title a little more interesting three votes for the bucks three yep. for the celtics three yeah. for the nuggets one for the heat one for the suns one for the warriors uh the lakers and clippers who got votes to come out of the west didn't get any to win it so it, it's not as if the Nuggets certainly don't have the ability to win it all. They have the best player in the world and the best player in the world at a position in which still causes trouble for everything. I know it's, I know it's a, a space game. I know it's a 3-and-D type of game. I know it's a shooter's game. But when you have a center that is dominant that can also do those things, uh, Jokic is one of one. Deion Sanders would say he is him. That, that's it. There's one guy like that. And when you have that, you have a massive advantage. The other thing I think that's helpful is you have a a coach in Michael Malone who evolved in real time as we watch the playoffs go along and may very well now understand I don't have to push for every regular season win. I don't necessarily have to ride guys for the heat. He can get it. And he has the confidence of knowing I've won a title. You don't really have as much to prove 
You don't have to sort of burn for that other one. It's great to have that second one, but you've won it. And so you, you don't have to uh, second guess yourself as often. And then I think there's an opportunity, Sandy, to, for, for both. Uh, I think Christian Brown, we talked about him before, has an opportunity to really blossom. But I'm not sure, given his improvement in the playoffs by actually not being the guy with the ball, that we've seen the ceiling from Michael Porter Jr. yet either. Uh, maybe not. I, I think the uh, injury concerns center on Michael Porter Jr. Uh, uh, now, now, more than anybody. I, I know the back wasn't an issue. It's a sprained ankle and a you know third degree but sprain. Sprained ankle but, and uh, you. But you'd you rather have that than you, back problems. Yes. And 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 the ankle. You know, I I hope uh, he's playing tonight because he's as close to one hundred percent as a player can be. I hope he is. Um, you don't need him. This, I mean, I get it. It exactly, seems like a big game, but exactly. it's just game one no, out of 82. It's just game one. And, you know, maybe they'll put a pitch count on him of, of sorts, and maybe with Brown, too, in the sense that neither played at all in the preseason. So they'll have to be eased into things. They haven't played with some of these new guys who may or may not play at all tonight. Well, that'll be interesting to yeah. see. How many off the bench get minutes tonight? And I I think that's going to be kind of a trial and error sort of proposition in the first month to six weeks of the season. Trying to figure out who plays, how many, and how you distribute the minutes. And the only thing I, I think we know for certain is that Jokic and Murray won't be playing 35 minutes a game in the first month to six weeks of the season. They just won't be. And Murray off and on has had problems with the hand mm-hmm. uh, that may or may not have affected his shooting at times in uh, the preseason. But to me, uh, of these last 10 champions, the average start the following year through 27 games was – 19.5 and 7.5. Uh, that works out to a 722 winning percentage projected over 82 games. That's a 59 win season, yep. but not 60. Mm-hmm. So if you're thinking the Nuggets are going to go from 53 to 60, they don't have to go from even. They, they, they won with 53. No, they won with 53, and <laughs> they might win with 53 again if they get to 53. Which is, by the it way, again, the ESPN forecast me. is 53 yeah. right. and 29. Right. Now, uh, Golden State won a title in 22, 53 and 29. Uh, the previous two years were affected by the pandemic, shortened seasons. We won't pay any attention to that. Uh, go back to Toronto in 19, 58 and 24. Golden State, 58 and 24. And, of course, then you had the super teams, uh, Golden State, 67 and 15. Cleveland, 57, 25. Golden State, 67 and 15. San Antonio, 62 and 20. And Miami with LeBron and the big three, mm-hmm. 66 and 16 in 2013 uh, when they knocked off San Antonio. But that was a 66 and 16 team that was within seconds of losing that series in six games with home court advantage yeah. in, in the finals. The team that won 66. And as we said, the Golden State team that won 73 in 2016 lost in the NBA Finals to Cleveland, four games to three. So if the Nuggets don't win 19 out of their first 27, if they're more like 17 and 10, 16 and 11, I don't think there's any reason for great concern. Uh, At that point, a third of the way into the season, they most likely wouldn't be first in the West, but they'd be well within striking distance, I'm sure. I don't see anybody I don't think anyone's blazing out of away. the gate. I, I know some people are in love with what Phoenix did. I I want to see because, listen, Bradley Beal is younger than Chris Paul. He's a better scorer than Chris Paul. He'll take scoring pressure off Durant and Booker. But who's the ball handler there? Who's the distributor? Who is the guy who is going to defer to the right. other two. Out of those three, you can't have three alpha Judging males. from what we saw, Booker is going to be the primary ball handler because that's what we saw at least last, but then you're adding right. uh, 
Beal into the equation, and Beal over the last couple of years, and I like Bradley Beal a lot, uh, but Beal's efficiency has really dropped over yes. the last couple of years yes. as well. Uh, and that's how I look issues. at Phoenix. I, I look at Phoenix, yes, as, as, as talented, but a little top-heavy and not especially efficient, and that's kind of the name of the game for the Nuggets. Shoot a high percentage. Nobody shot better than 50% from the field last year in the NBA except Denver. The Nuggets were the only team in the regular season in which they won 53 to shoot over 50%. And a lot of the reason for that was in the last month they were resting people like Jokic mm-hmm. and even Murray. And, and it was absolutely the instead right thing Instead of winning do. 55 to 60, they won 53. And it was the right thing to do because they were fresh. They were healthy going into the playoffs. They were eager. They were keen. And I thought along with being better than the teams they defeated, they were hungrier than the teams they defeated. I don't know where Minnesota's head is at. Phoenix wasn't ready. They just weren't ready yet. And the Lakers, though playing the Nuggets in recent years pretty well in the regular season, it didn't seem able to answer the questions that the Nuggets posed in the conference finals. And then I I thought the NBA finals turned out to be kind of a mismatch. And, yeah, the games were close in some cases, but the Nuggets won in five games, as they should have. Since Nikola Jokic was selected by the Denver Nuggets in the second round, prior to that 2015-2016 season, the Nuggets have the seventh-best winning record in the regular season. And the only teams that are better are the Warriors, of course, you can imagine during that span, uh, the Celtics, the Raptors, the Bucks, the Clippers, amazingly the Jazz, and then the Nuggets. But the, 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 the floor for the Nuggets is high, as we put it. It, it yes. really is. And that, that is the strength. It, with the Nuggets, it isn't as if we're talking about an all-time great team, <laughs> single-season team. Mm-hmm. They have a higher floor than anybody else, and that includes Milwaukee and Boston. Now, the reason that people are pretty much divided among those three teams as to who will emerge as as a champion is because Milwaukee and Boston have higher ceilings. But yes, the highest floor belongs to Denver. Yeah. Because we know at minimum what the Nuggets are going to give us and probably – as the season goes on, the floor will rise a little bit. There is, uh, there are going to be questions to be looked and looked at, and we'll have to find out the answers to those as we go along. But the bench is interesting, obviously, after losing Bruce Brown primarily, though they also did lose Jeff Green, who was you know for a big part of the year the 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 seventh guy, and then still never dropped off past the eighth. So uh, you lose two of your three guys that played big minutes all yes. the way into the playoffs. Yes. Uh, anytime that happens, you have questions now. Christian Brown has to step up a notch. I don't think either of us are concerned about his ability to do so. But beyond that, you have a couple choices. Is Reggie mm-hmm. Jackson, does yeah. he have enough left in the tank Someone to do that? Someone who wasn't part of the rotation. And, and had the opportunity to do so. The Nuggets thought when they got him, mind you, that, that they had pulled off kind of a coup. That here's our perfect mm-hmm. bid, our perfect backup for Jamal Murray, our perfect guy to lead our second unit. Uh, it didn't happen. They gave him a new contract. And... Now Reggie Jackson is expected, presumably, to play a bigger role at the age of 33. They also gave Zeke Naji a new four-year, $32 million deal for $8 million a year. Um, I have two words about that. A tradable contract, just saying how things work. I don't really feel that Zeke Naji has a major role on this team, although I know he does have his believers. But you look at an addition of a guy like... Uh, Reggie Jackson and think, okay, he's he's coming off the bench. Justin Holiday, a veteran guy that that they like, 30, 33, 34. Those are guys that are past their primes. I think yes, that's fair. Well Even with Reggie Jackson, prime. if he has a great year, past his prime. 
So you either have benches that are going to be a little old, or it's going to be Christian Brown and Peyton mm-hmm. Watson, who the Nuggets want to jump and take that role. Two second year. Guys. And then perhaps given his, given the preseason performances, maybe even either Julian Strouder or Hunter Tyson or mm-hmm. either or, depending yeah. on matchups. Right. And that then becomes a very, very young bench. Two second year guys. And a rookie, or maybe, you know, two rookies if you think about both well, of them. If you're asking me and that right means now. We're talking about inconsistency, uh, it, and I expect to see that in the early yeah, going. But Brown and Brown, certainly. Brown's a Watson, lot. I imagine, number seven. He's certainly got the inside track. And I, I'm thinking Reggie Jackson, at least at the start of the season, will be number pretty eight. Small. And then I think it's a Strother Tyson conversation, depending on the matchups, depending on exactly what they might need. Um, and. Both may get in different games more minutes uh, or fewer minutes, depending on the opponent. And then I, I think you have people like uh, Pickett and Holiday, uh, a rookie and a veteran who's passed his prime. Uh, I, I don't see DeAndre Jordan being He's the break, any break in case more of than a senior yeah. citizen who's good Coach in the, on the room. Bench. And who has his ring now? Yep. And, and is, in o- case and is okay of with his injury role. or major foul trouble. He's ready. He'll hop come in, in for give 10 to 15 minutes if something but I, happens. I don't think yeah. he'll play that much because I, I honestly think uh, Najee is kind of between a guy who will definitely get minutes off the bench and someone who is further back toward the end of the bench. And I think opinion from what I can gather within the Nugget organization, even on Najee is divided. Yes. There's some people who really like him and some people who are kind of lukewarm. And of course, Chanchar tore his ACL and he's out for the year. And if we're talking about a backup center, well, you've got Gordon and I suppose Najee at this point as the primary options. And you know, that Michael Malone, because this was established pretty much in the playoffs last year, does not want Murray and Jokic sitting on the bench at the same time. And there will be a lot of Murray's case. You're right. uh, Murray playing with the second team and playing with Reggie Jackson, who would come in, I think for Caldwell Pope before he'd come in for Murray. So you give Murray those end of first quarter minutes with the second group before you take Murray out at the end of the quarter or near the end of the quarter and bring in a wing guy. Because Murray isn't your classic point guard. No. Uh, on, on, on this team, if you're thinking of pass first, shoot second guys, the first guy you it's, think it's, of is Jokic. It's, Jokic. <laughs> it's yeah. pass first, right? <laughs> shoot second. Uh, so they, they, they're constructed a little differently from most teams, but increasingly basketball uh, is a positionless game, both on the major collegiate level and in the NBA. And the Nuggets seem to be able to figure it out because of the way they've been constructed in part by Tim Connolly, but within the last couple of drafts and the last year plus now, year and a half, it's Calvin Booth's show. And Calvin Booth is certainly uh, quite a bit more chatty than Tim Connolly <laughs> ever was, but kind of had to uh, he also bit. has his own way of looking at things. And he and Malone seem to work together better than Malone and Connolly did, at least at the end. Although I think Connolly, who hired Malone, um, probably. Connolly and Malone had a closer personal relationship. Malone and Booth don't know each other as well, but I think professionally, actually they're a better fit than Malone and Connolly were, again, at least at the end. We will talk more about this, of course, as the show goes along, but the uh, Colorado Avalanche are set to do a whole bunch of things that they either haven't done for a while, uh, haven't done ever, or the NHL has never seen. Not kidding. All sorts of stats to share with you as we get to the Avs. We take on the Islanders tonight as the uh, NHL goes its, oh, its a frozen frenzy. Every single team in action tonight, the Avs will uh, be 
taking on the Islanders. Buck drop on the 6 o'clock, so we'll have to catch them both. So we'll try to catch you up on the ads. We'll do that next on Miley Sports. This is Sandy Clough and Chandro Tar on Mile High Sports. Personnel, leadership. I think, uh, you know, on the penalty kill side of it, Gorgie's been great. I think um, Cogs and OC, we've talked about their success that they've had. Um, and they've really taken a strong leadership uh, voice uh, for our penalty kill. So. Both special teams doing a, a lot of work through the course of training camp and exhibition. And uh, power play side of it, you know, we've got some nice additions in there. And they've, they've been gelling really nice in practice. And last game, they finally saw the fruits of their labor in the game. For those who don't speak hockey, that was head coach Jared Bednar of the Colorado Avalanche talking about his goaltender, Alexander Georgiev, and uh, Andrew Cogliano on the checking line, the fourth line, or uh, Logan O'Connor. Three shorthanded goals in three straight games, but a guy that plays good defense and specifically talking about uh, the penalty kill ability of the Avs, which so far has been outstanding. Sandy, if they win tonight against the Islanders in New York, the Avalanche will win their 15th consecutive road game. Now, granted, that spans a couple of seasons. Of course, the old record from the Buffalo Sabres did as well. That would be a new NHL record if they win tonight. Georgiev in net on that win would also set a new Avalanche record for a start to the season. Uh, Stefan Fisse back in 94 and 95 started out 5-0 and oddly in the 2013-2014 that, that season. That was a, a season shortened by uh, it was a strike. That was I the strike. in 94-95. Not a lockout. It was right. a strike. In it was a strike. Uh, it, both uh, in 2013-2014 uh, Jean-Sebastien Giguer and Semyon Varlamov both started 5-0. and Obviously, yeah. not in the same games. Doesn't work that way. Only one goaltender allowed. And then Georgiev would start. Yes. He's already 5-0 and could start 6-0 and tonight. Right. We were talking about after the break. After being named the uh, NHL second star last week, which Georgiev was, uh, and the only goaltender of, of the three. Uh, that's what happens when you go 3-0-0 with a shutout. I think he plays tonight, and then... I'm intrigued for the game after that. On Thursday, they'll play the Penguins, and they'll play the Penguins in Pittsburgh. And I think at that point, we probably have to see goaltender Ivan Provatsev. I think we have to see him. And, uh, or sorry, Prospetov. My apologies. Uh, Ivan Prospetov is, is the backup goaltender they got from uh, Arizona. And uh, as they sent Eustace Anandin back to the Eagles to get more seasoning, where he needs to play every day. Uh, Prospetov needs to step up. Well, I don't think we'll see him tonight. But for the Avalanche, it just appears to be all systems go. I mean, all the lines are clicking. My question to you is that Bednar has been uh, tweaking lines in game. So far, so Did good. Saturday. They haven't lost. But I look at that and think, one, I like the aggressiveness. Bednar knows, clearly knows what he's doing. He knows how to push the, the, the pedal for his players and not ride them too hard. At the same time, he's got a lot of new guys. This is the time to start trying some mix and matches. Oh, I think so. Just because you had it. Uh, go this way in preseason and practice. You don't know in games. You're like, you know what? Maybe I do like Thomas Tatar with a different guy. Maybe I do like uh, Lekin and mixed up with a different guy. Maybe I like Druan somewhere else. This is the time to mess with that and tweak. Well, I agree. But his rationale, at least the other night, had nothing to do with any of that. And that is it usually had to do with his very reason. best players. Right. That is usually the reason that you mix you, yeah. up the lines uh, because you want to get somebody going or somebody's slumping and you want to put them with uh, a, a, a different type of line, and, and maybe there was some of that with, with Bruin. But the other night, he said, after the game when asked about it, that McKinnon and Ranton were not making plays. It had nothing to do with Tatar being on the right. line. Those two but guys. he moved Nishushkin <laughs> and Lekkanen up to the top line and he moved Tatar and Rantanen down to the second line, and everybody flourished, including McKinnon and Rantanen, once they were split up. And my theory has changed a little bit in the sense that, you know, especially when Landeskog was healthy, I didn't think it was wise to do what Bednar did 
during the 2021 playoffs when against Las Vegas, after winning the first two games, things got a little shaky. And I thought Bednar moved a little too quickly to break up that line. Uh, They weren't getting a lot of scoring, but after winning the first two games of the series, they were going along fine. The third game was in Las Vegas. They lost it. And I thought after the fourth game, which they lost badly, they're going back home for the fifth game. It's still 2-2. And I, I thought he moved too quickly to break up that line. But I think now when you're looking at McKinnon and Rantanen and no Landeskog all of last year and presumably all of this year, including playoffs, that may change, but for now that seems to be the case. Rantanen has developed into such a good player that no one could seriously say, well, you got to keep McKinnon and Rantanen together if you want Rantanen to score 55 goals again and come up with 105 points. No, Rantanen on his own is a good enough player to generate offense. And you put him with Johansson, uh, Johansson, who has, has played, very well, He's surprisingly done exactly what they well, want them to do. surprisingly well to me. And then you move Tatar down, not because Tatar was doing anything wrong or playing badly, and it worked. The, first, the Both lines were better. Both the top two lines were better after he made those moves. Now, it, I, I wouldn't be surprised to see the lines that started the game start the game again. Tonight against the Islanders, you see how it goes. There may be other changes you make, uh, but I'll tell you one line he won't break up, and that's the fourth line because yeah. they've been real good and not just shorthanded, but offensively and defensively, they've all contri- – I mean, O'Connor's got three shorthanded goals. Gagliano's got multiple assists now, has on a goal. those shorthanded mm-hmm. goals. Olison scored a goal, and they're not – eight, nine-minute-a-game guys on that fourth line. They're 10- to 12-minute guys on that fourth line. How many fourth lines in the NHL have all three players getting 10- to 12 minutes a game? Oh, and with that many points already, we're only... Well, yeah. We're only five games in. It's not just the point. I mean, everything they're doing and their ability to play well together, they're getting minutes usually given to third-line combinations around the league, even among the best teams. They're getting almost third-line minutes as a fourth line. Last year, it was flipped. The Avalanche had people on the second third lines who should have been playing on the third and fourth lines. And now this year, you got a fourth line playing right now as well as I would guess any third line in the NHL, including their own. Yeah, it's it's including really... their own. They may be the fourth line, but I think in many ways they've been either the second or the third best of the four avalanche lines through the first five games. It's been a great start. We'll see if it continues tonight. Obviously, you know, a lot of attention being paid to the Nuggets, obviously and rightly so. But uh, the Avalanche doing something special in the early going as well. And like I pointed out, if you missed tonight, they'll be back at it on Thursday against Sidney Crosby and the Penguins as they go back east. By the way, since the 2019-2020 season, no team in the NHL from the West is better against the East than the Avs. So the East Coast road trips don't bother them at all. We're going to stick to hockey for a moment, though. We will. we talk about uh, special things that are happening. The Nuggets are raising a banner. The Avalanche are, are potentially going back, you know, trying to make another run at the Stanley Cup, which they only won two years ago. So we're kind of setting the Broncos aside for the moment because it's been a while for them. Hasn't been that long since uh, the DU Hockey Pioneers won a title either. We have an opportunity to see what kind of run they'll make this year with their coach, David Carl. We'll hear about him next from Miley Sports.
Hi, I'm Cindy Lauper. My scalp was covered with psoriasis. Felt like I was trapped between a rock and a hard place. Then I started Cosentix. Cosentix Secukinumab is prescribed for adults with moderate to severe black psoriasis 300 milligram dose. Don't use if you're allergic to Cosentix. Before starting, get checked for TB. Serious allergic reactions, severe skin reactions that look like eczema, and an increased risk of infections, some fatal, have occurred. Cosentix may lower ability to fight infections, so tell your doctor if you have an infection or symptoms like fevers, sweats, chills, muscle aches, or cough, had a vaccine or plan to, or if IBD symptoms develop or worsen. Learn more at Cosentix.com or 1-844-COSENTIX. Cosentix works for me. Ask your doctor about Cosentix. My son had a gift with technology. With reliable internet at home through the Internet Essentials program, the world opened up. He's part of this next generation of young people who feel they can thrive. Through Project Up, Comcast is committing $1 billion to help open doors for the next generation with the connectivity and skills they need to build a future of unlimited possibilities. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Walmart Plus members save on meeting up with friends. Save on having them over for dinner with free delivery with no hidden fees or markups. That's groceries plus napkins plus that vegetable chopper to make things a bit easier. Plus, members save on gas to go meet them in their neck of the woods. Plus, when you're ready for the ultimate sign of friendship, start a show together with your included Paramount Plus subscription. Walmart Plus members save on this plus so much more. Start a 30-day free trial at walmartplus.com. Paramount Plus, a central plan only. Separate registration required. See Walmart Plus terms and conditions. Luxury is meant to be livable. Discover the new leather collection at Ashley with premium quality leather sofas, recliners, and more, all built to last. No matter how many spills, scuffs, or pet-related mishaps come its way, the leather collection at Ashley is made with the durability you need for the whole family. Shop the new leather collection at Ashley and find chairs starting at $499.99 and sofas at $599.99. Ashley, for the love of home.